Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. All right, folks, let's take a look at what we have overnight on Wall Street. And it is a picture of red stocks down overnight as investors look ahead to a key inflation report due later this week. The S&P 500 pulled back 0.2% to close at 5,070. The Nasdaq Composite was down 0.6% to 15,948. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average down slightly by 0.1%, around 20 points, closing at 38,949 for its third straight day of losses. For more insights, we're joined by Mark Jambroni. He is the Head of U.S. Equities and Portfolio Manager at Barrow Handley Global Investors. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Good morning. Doing fine. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on, Mark. Let's talk about what we are seeing in the markets these days. And it does look like a bit of a pullback. What are you taking away from the latest market movements? I think right now the market is really focused on the Fed and it's focused on interest rates. For a while, the market was getting ahead of itself, expecting the Fed to start cutting rates, possibly even in March, and for six or seven reductions this year. Mm. I think it's more realistic to now believe that we're going to see cuts in the second half of the year and maybe only three or four for the year. There is some inflation data coming out in the U.S. tomorrow. And I think the pullbackers are related to just the concern that inflation is stubbornly high at the moment. And, you know, if the number is higher than they would like, I think that'll put a little more pressure around the Fed not lowering rates. And if that happens, I think that's why we're seeing the pullback. It's also possible we could see a big relief rally tomorrow Mm. if the inflation data comes in a little softer than people are expecting. So I think we've probably priced in a negative report tomorrow. I think there's probably more upside than downside as we go into the number. Yeah, Mark, talking about upside, it does look like we could be in for more, I suppose, movements when we get election headlines. That typically would have some positive impact for markets. The market is usually very positive during an election year uh, here in the U.S. As a matter of fact, you have to go back 14 election cycles to define the down market, 1942. So I think, uh, you know, history is on our side that we're going to see the market up this year. And it's really because politicians like to have people feel good going into the polls in November. And we're already starting to see some fiscal stimulus. So there is a discussion around tax cuts. Mm. There is a discussion around infrastructure. There's a student loan bill that's forgiving from student debt here in the U.S., And as I mentioned, later in the year, we'll see the Fed start reducing rates. So there's a lot of positives for the market at the moment, including the fact that the U.S. economy is still pretty strong and earnings are pretty good. So there's really no reason to believe this won't be a fairly good year for the U.S. market. Um, And that's how, you know, we're thinking about the year. Okay, it's also worth noting, typically when it comes around election time, you get a lot of rhetoric around anti-China tariffs going up as well. How is this going to impact businesses who have exposure to China? Well, that is a concern if the Republicans win and the assumptive, you know, Republican candidate Donald Trump. He has mentioned multiple times now that he wants to re-either add to the tariffs Mm -hmm. or initiate new higher levels of tariffs. I think tariffs are bad for everyone, just as a side note. And I think it's bad from an inflationary perspective, but it does seem to be part of his campaign. And therefore, we should assume that he'll try to do that or that they may happen. 
as we uh, go into next year. Not much will happen this year, in my opinion, regardless. But if he does win, then we have that risk in the market for tariffs and for trade. But if he doesn't, then I think you'll see the opposite happen, where the Democrats or Joe Biden um, currently really have no interest in, in raising tariffs significantly, or they're not even really talking about that outside of some unique technology concerns. And so, you know, it really depends on who wins. And I think at this moment, it's a toss-up. Yeah, Mark, uh, talking about China, semiconductors are also part of the conversation because NVIDIA has been restricted in some sense in selling some of the more advanced technologies to China. So they have been on a bit of a tear in the past year. If you look at NVIDIA's share price, they've been riding on a more than 200% jump. So if you look at the recent performance, there's been a bit of a pullback. How do you position, position, excuse me, position yourself around these chip names right now? Well, you know, bifurcate the market a little bit. NVIDIA is unique. And what I mean by that is the AI wave of spending. So whether it's data centers or networks or whatever it happens to be around, you know, moving AI forward, there's a tremendous amount of money moving that direction. And we don't see that stopping. Mm -hmm. NVIDIA, as you know, has, you know, 85% plus market share in the data center, especially around AI chips. And you need more chips in the data centers, and they're currently retrofitting those chips everywhere. And they're obviously trying to build new data centers as much as possible. So NVIDIA is in a very unique position. If you look back just over a one-year period, last quarter, equivalent to this quarter, they earned 50 cents a share. This year, they earned $5. Their earnings went up tenfold in one year. That's truly amazing. Mm -hmm. And something I certainly haven't seen before. So I think the fact that the stock has gone up a lot is justified because the earnings are going up a lot. But if you broaden out chips into other areas, whether it be cloud or you just mentioned gaming or whether it be handsets, there's other markets are not as strong, clearly, as what's happening in the AI market. And so you have to be more selective and you have to think about whether or not, you know, what end market each potential chip maker is associated with. I do think that ultimately China will find a substitute for these particular chips that NVIDIA mm. could be providing for them. Um, and it's amazing to think they've been growing without China for the most part, at least on the high end. But I don't think that can persist forever. I mean, China will find a substitute in my mind and, you know, NVIDIA will have lost that particular portion of the market. But there's so much growth everywhere that for NVIDIA specifically, it, it doesn't you know, impact the fact that the stock justifiably is on a tear. Yeah, earnings have been supporting some of these uh, price action movements around NVIDIA. Talking about things going up, Bitcoin prices have been breaking above $60,000. And this is now putting it within striking distance of an all-time high. What does this tell you about risk appetite in the markets for cryptocurrencies right now, Mark? I think risk appetites are high. And that's reflective in the fact that people assume that the economy is okay, that a soft landing is coming in the U.S., and that therefore rates will be coming down and liquidity will increase. And when liquidity increases, risk increases. Also, very specifically related to Bitcoin, as I'm sure you know, they've recently instituted an ETF around Bitcoin. And the only reason to have an ETF is to go long and buy Bitcoin. And so as money flows into the ETF, it artificially, in my mind, or at least directionally, pushes the price higher. And I don't see that really slowing down anytime soon. So I cannot say what I think Bitcoin is worth. It's not something that we focus on. But I think in terms of just following fund flows, fund flows are going to be positive for Bitcoin 
you know, for the foreseeable future as this ETF grows. And I think it probably pushes beyond a tie. Yep, great point. Watch where the money is flowing. We've been in conversation with Mark Gembroni. He is the head of U.S. equities and portfolio manager at Barrow Henley Global Investors. Mark, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you for your time and insights this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. We'll catch up with you again soon, Mark. Stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.